from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The NCAA brackets are out. North Carolina wasn't invited. They could have gone to the NIT. They said, nah, we're good. Not even a classic, well, who's going to be there? They just straight up said, no, we don't want to go. And they didn't really give good reasons as to why. Joe and I are okay with it. Joe and I understand that sometimes you just have to let the season end and going to the NIT doesn't do anybody any good. You just have to end it. It's over. Move on. Obviously, there are some fans who are upset about this, so curious as to why. I almost feel like a, please try to give me a compelling argument why North Carolina should go to the NIT, given the year that we just had. An actual compelling argument, the benefit of going to the NIT for this group. Joe and I are hard-pressed to find one, but willing to hear otherwise, 860-5-FAN, 860-5326. We'll take some phone calls here in a little bit. On Friday, the other thing that got people super, super heated was the Carolina Panthers doing a blockbuster trade with the Chicago Bears, who are doubling down on Justin Fields, and they gave up a bunch of draft picks to move up to the one spot along with D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore is to make the Bears better now, giving Justin Fields an actual weapon. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers... I don't. The Panthers did not get fleeced. The Panthers did not lose the trade. The Bears did not win the trade because we don't know what the Panthers are going to do with the quarterback, right? We don't know how that quarterback is going to pan out. But I do think this is a fair criticism of the deal. The Carolina Panthers, Joe, paid a premium for the right to guess in a draft that is not viewed as one with a strong quarterback class. It's as simple as that for me. I didn't realize it when we went through it initially Mm -hmm. and saw it. The second round pick that they gave up is the primary asset they got for Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Now, there were other picks, Mm -hmm. including what is a valuable third round pick. Mm -hmm. I'm not dismissing that. But if I told you, (laughs) ESPN narrator voice. What if I told you? What if I told you an NFL team traded their number one receiver, their number one running back, Mm -hmm. and two first round picks for the number one overall pick? That just seems exorbitant to me. You paid that price for the right to guess. It was a big price to me. Now, I want to give the Panthers credit for actually having a plan at quarterback mm-hmm. because my primary criticism of them under Matt Rule was you think you're just going to magically draft the next Patrick Mahomes. Right. Got it. Right. That's a great strategy. Awesome. So I'll give this group credit that they want to get a rookie quarterback. They want unmolded clay, right? Because they could have gotten Lamar Jackson and and hung on to DJ Moore. They could have gone after Derek hung on, Carr. Hung on to the second round pick, but they wanted unmolded clay. And I'll give them. I will. I will respect their coaching ability and their coaching track record. Quick bit to, of news to want the unmolded clay. Quick bit of news too about your unmolded clay part. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he's going to be going to the Raiders. Raiders. We got legal tampering time. We sure. don't know what's going on Aaron Rodgers, but we know Derek Carr's with New Orleans, and it looks like Jimmy G is going to go to the Raiders. And. I understand not wanting Jimmy G. There's injury concerns sure. there. And Derek that. Carr at 31, I would have taken Derek Carr. Maybe Derek Carr didn't want to go for them. You know, that, that, that was a free agent deal. That mm-hmm. wasn't a trade. 
So I understand that from Derek Carr's perspective, and I understand he he probably thought he was getting a better chance in, in New Orleans than he would be with the Panthers. And I get it, too, if you're the Panthers and you're Frank Reich and you're you know Josh McCown and you're sitting here going, hey, I, I feel like this is our strength. All right, are you Jim Caldwell? Okay, cool. But you're right. It's just a guess at this point of who of those quarterbacks, who's going to be the right one. Mm-hmm. I would take C.J. Stroud. That's I'm, who I would take. I'm with you on that. That's the quarterback I would take. But let me just try to. Re- I'm going to try to. I, I I know people hate it when I make it about me, but I'm just going to try to put this in, in a way that for you to understand. Mm-hmm. The Panthers almost never do what I would do. Yeah. Okay. So I would take C.J. Stroud. I I would not count on them taking C.J. Stroud. Jonathan Jones, CBS, did a very smart thing at the combine. He asked Frank Reich about like or Scott Furter. What what type of quarterback would you like to have? It was Frank Reich, and, and the quarterback that they explained was Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. That was the one they explained to a T. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they do. I personally think Bryce Young will not hold up in the NFL. I, I think he's too small, yeah, to be the number one overall pick. But that's my personal opinion. I've heard Dan Orlovsky describe Bryce Young as a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. Okay, okay. Okay. Because we all knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick okay. Mahomes. That's the other thing. You say, when when they were saying, we're going to go find ourselves the next Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs didn't even know what they had, given when they drafted him. So the, and they took just, him 12th, right? So they they, dra- they traded up, and they took him with the 12th pick, and they, they knew what they had in Andy Reid. So again, if you're the Panthers, and you believe in Frank Reich, and you believe in Jim Caldwell, and you believe in Josh McCown okay. to develop a quarterback— and you want to trade up and take one, again, that is their prerogative. And you're right, we won't know who wins the trade until the quarterback is three or four, five years down the road. Because if they had to get the right quarterback, well, then I do believe in their defense. I do like their offensive line. I don't know who they're going to throw to now, but you can get you can get receivers. You can get receivers. There are the, ways to get yeah. receivers in free agency in the draft, and yeah. that's fine. They've yeah. done it before. Yeah. Again, they can do it again. Personally, the move I would have done was gone for Lamar Jackson, held on to more. And some of the other assets. That's what I would have done. The but- other, the other thing I would add too about the Carolina Panthers and the overall number one pick. They, the last time they were in the situation was 2011, and they picked Cam Newton. Now we know history. Cam Newton worked out. Okay, they he won an MVP. They got to a Super Bowl. After his injuries, it looked like he was going back into his MVP form until a fateful Thursday night when T.J. Watt popped him in the shoulder, and he was never the same again. Okay, but let's not retcon the 2011 draft as though it was a no-brainer for Cam Newton. Never forget the SI cover that featured Cam Newton, Blake Bortles, and who am I missing? Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert, thank you. And the headline was the most difficult decision in football. You know, like the whatever choice. Now we all laugh at that because two of those dudes never panned out. Cam Newton was you know he 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 burned bright and burned out quick but he actually did something for the Carolina Panthers so this idea that well we're we're absolutely sure with who it's going to be hey man it's anybody's guess and this is where Adam Schefter comes into play the NFL insider for ESPN on either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud number 1 for the Carolina Panthers everybody's trying to figure out exactly what Carolina do look i think the pick will boil down to either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. If you look at Frank Reich's history, and you know well, he has preferred Mm. bigger quarterbacks. That would be the C.J. Stroud model. There are people who believe that Bryce Young should be the number one overall pick, that he's a mini Patrick Mahomes. Well, 
We'll see if that is the direction they go. But clearly at this point in time, it seems to be a decision between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, both in play for the number one overall pick. And as that one Panthers official just said to me, we've got 48 days to go through this. <laughs> yeah, and, and Chapter loves every minute of it. So the the idea is that the Panthers know who they're going to pick, right? I mean, that that's why else would you move up to number sure. one? I don't buy this draft day movie scenario where they moved up to number one. Now they control the draft. and Maybe they sell that pick to Houston because they think Houston's really hell-bent on getting somebody. I'm not. That happened in a movie. I, I don't see this galaxy brain thing happening. But here's Jeremy Fowler on ESPN when he was asked the question, do the Panthers know who they're taking overall number one? That's why they made this move. I'm sure in their heart of hearts, they probably know. Uh, but as far as what they're portraying or what people are saying behind the scenes, no. I think um, you know, with 47 days before the draft, my understanding is that they have up to three quarterbacks in mind. It's, it's of course, Bryce Young and T.J. Stroud and then uh, one wild card. That could be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. You know, they, they really have no rush now. They just want to get in position to be able to do what they want. And they could back out into another spot. You know, like let's say fall in love with, I don't know, Le Will Levis, right? then you know you can get him at three most likely. You could move back two spots. So there's just there's stuff you could do to, to maneuver, and uh, you know, I think they wanted that flexibility. So I, that, that, that to me just sounds like some smoke screens to get somebody interested in trying to move up. I, I, you don't make this move unless you're hell-bent sure on the guy that you want to take. That's, that's my read on this. You know who you want. That's why you gave up what you gave up, not to try to outfox everybody in the NFL and overthink the situation. Again, the Panthers finally have a plan at quarterback. I applaud the Panthers yeah. for having a plan at quarterback. I think they pay too much for the pick. That's Joe Jillian. All things can be true. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. There is no joy in Mudville. There is no joy in Chapel Hill. Uh, they did not make the NCAA tournament, and they decided, yeah, we're good on not going to the NIT. The statement and the graphic and all that stuff for the quote from Hubert Davis was locked and loaded and ready to go by about like just after 7 o'clock when the selection show wrapped up. And this is the quote from Hubert Davis. All season, our focus and goal has been on being the best team we can possibly become and reaching our full potential to give us another opportunity to compete, play for, and win an NCAA championship. Although we are no longer having that opportunity and the season wasn't what we had hoped for, I want to thank our players and staff for the hard work and the love for Carolina basketball. Many factors go into postseason play, and we believe now is the time to focus on moving ahead, preparing for next season, and the opportunity again to compete for the ACC and NCAA championships. According to Inside Carolina, there was an anonymous vote by the players. That vote came back no, although, again, most players do not want to participate in the NIT. You go back to 2010, they didn't want to go to the NIT, but Roy Williams didn't want to go to the NIT, but he said, fine, let's do it. Screw it. Uh, and then they almost won the whole damn thing. But a lot has changed since 2010, and college basketball in 2023 really is about what your roster management is going to be. The transfer portal opened up today. And I really do think that that's actually what Carolina fans should be focused on. What's this group going to look like next year rather than some what 
point is being proved by going to the NIT? What what does winning the NIT ultimately get you? Nothing. In the last 10 years, n- nothing. Nothing. But there's a lot of passionate folks out there that are upset that this is going this way. So, 8605-FAN, 8605-326. I would love to hear a compelling argument about going to the NIT because I have yet to hear one other than your own personal feelings because you're mad about how this season played out. And you're almost opening yourself up to get even more upset by how things can play out in the NIT. Just let the season die, man. Where's where's Kylo Ren when I need him? Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Kill this season if you have to, which is what Hubert Davis effectively did with that statement. We got Sabah and Carrie. Sabah, what's going on? Hey there, Joe. How are you? Not too good. I didn't think so. So. I have, first of all, can I say I think that actually Carolina probably should have got in, even though we're all set with them. I think that was an overcorrection from the, um, for the from their anticipation, okay, okay. because of their ranking. Um, I think they, they overcorrected. Because you look at some of those bubble teams that got in, our net was uh, not that far off, 46 or something. Our strength of schedule was way tougher, the mm. non-conference strength of schedule. And we had no bad loss. And, of course, you know, we beat Virginia, which is higher ranked, ranked higher than when State beat um, – Duke, but not to say State shouldn't got in. I'm saying I thought that it was an overcorrection of Carolina. Okay. But having said that, for for Hubert to um, let first of all let the players decide. That's the first thing. Why are, you're the coach. Secondly, uh, we as fans are told to come to uh, horrible games in the preseason and um, these little practice games and fill the gym and where's everybody um, that really don't mean much. We're told to give money. We're told to, uh, you know, pay all the NL stuff. And yet um, we find out that this team doesn't even love to play basketball. You play because you love it. Mm-hmm. What it brings championships, that's secondary. You play because you love the game. You don't play because of what the game brings you. Also, second point, Hubert is coached, what, 60 games? He needs extra coaching. What if a couple of these NIT games, he actually learns something? And he may win one extra game next year that could matter. And thirdly, what about the bench? Okay, we never saw them. So the um, older guys who don't didn't play well all year um, don't want to play. Then I want to see the young guys so we can see what they have. Because even if they don't come back here, give them an opportunity to show what they have for other teams when they transfer. Those are three really good reasons. So, and I think so hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. You want you want Carolina to play the bench guys mm-hmm. to help, like what scouting for other teams? No. If the bench players say they're not interested because, you know, they they voted, I don't care. You play them anyway because you help them get better for next year if they're here. Yeah, and I was going to say there's transfer, a good chance they might not even be here. You, right. Even if they transfer, you owe it to them hmm. to be able to get a spot somewhere else because of what you did all season long by hiding them and not developing them. My point is Hubert owes them. The university owes these players, the bench players. The starters aren't owed anything. They were horrible for most of the year. And they never were accountable. They never got benched for going 3 of 15 and for doing turnovers. Hubert has zero humility. He should say, you know what? I'm not as good as I could be. I need these extra games to help me coach. I need these extra games with my players who are going to be back next year so I can determine what I should do better for next year. It is not a finished product. So for them to have the audacity to say we'll be back next year to, for an ACC and NCAA championship, Dude, your preseason pick is going to be probably eighth, and then when you finish third, you'll get coach of the year. That's what's going to it's happen. It's not a bad that's way to do it. I was going to say that's that is, that is how you get ACC coach of the year, yeah. honestly. 
It's the thing. I like the first point. I do not agree with the other two points, but the first point was very good. Sabah, appreciate the call. Thanks, guys. All right. It's the OG 8605-FAN, 8605-326. We got David in Durham. David, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? We're good. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, no problem. Disclaimer, I am a Blue Devil fan, but I wanted to call and chime in. Um, Personally, I feel like the university is leaving a lot on the table there. There's several home games that could be you know, play there to bring in the fans and the money and revenue. Yeah, UNC doesn't need the money, man. They're good. Well, I think also it's another opportunity, too, to show that the ACC is not as weak as we have not gotten the credit for this year. I mean, you know, I, I believe Duke is underseeded, you know. Okay, I mean, I that's Virginia's fair. I Virginia is underseeded. That's fair. So, I mean, you know, why not go into the NIT and show people by running the table that you can, you know, you can win. I don't know. I don't know of running the table. Well, a, I don't think this team is capable of running the table. If they if they were, they'd be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, They had opportunities to win, uh, whether it was twice against Duke with second half leads that they coughed. I mean, those were tough games that Duke pulled out, and I think it actually is a credit to where Duke is right now under John Shire versus how Carolina was. Uh, and, the, you know, you turn around that quadruple overtime loss to Alabama. They might be in the NCAA tournament. As far as the league, the league are not going to get any credit for winning in the NCAA. You're not going to get any credit that's for that. That's not a way to do it. The, the credit comes from winning in the NCAA. And ultimately, the, the ACC's issue was that the bottom of the league was so historically bad, it sunk the conference. It literally kept Clemson yes. out by Lu- losing to Louisville. Okay. Louisville kept them out. You- how can you guys say that when three of the Elite Eight last year were ACC teams? We're, I mean, we're not getting any credit. Well, whatsoever. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. there's. look, I get what you're saying with that. And um, the, the NCAA tournament is a random chaos. Who won chaos the NIT last year? Generator. But who, who won the NIT last year? Well, that's very true. I yeah. couldn't tell you. <laughs> so, that, that's all I'm saying. Like, that's all I'm saying about, like, hey, they needed to play in it to get more AC. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. The ACC had three teams in the final eight year and got no credit for yeah. it. Like, yeah. It's bizarre. And part of it is yeah. Duke and Carolina are just expected to be there. Mm-hmm. And then when they are there, it's like, oh, cool, you're supposed to be here. Yeah. And then when they're not, it's like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with the ACC? And, and I've seen people, yeah. too. Like, I had somebody text me about John Shire. Like, oh, it, he must have been terrible this year for Duke to look this good now. What happened? That's called coaching. What, what happened? And I'm like, well, there's a whole bunch of injuries. And yeah. He's done an unbelievable job, actually. Strange. And now they're actually playing their best basketball, the, which is the sign of great coaching. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, David, appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the call. Yep. I also agree with the, the previous caller that, you know, it is an opportunity to play the bench, you know, to get some of these guys in to see what you do have on the bench. Yeah. But I mean, well, here's the thing. Under the olden times, I think you're right. But under, under the new times, those guys probably aren't going to play for you next year. No. And even if you do, you do not want to be subjected to two or three weeks of, well, why didn't you play Dontrell Styles more? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you play DeMarco Dunmore? Yeah. What was wrong with Seth Trimble? Yeah. Look at Jalen Washington. He's amazing. You, you don't want to do that. The transfer portal changes everything because they're going to be able to go out and get somebody who did actually play meaningful minutes and they can contribute, just like Pete Nance did, just like Brady Manick did, et cetera, et cetera. It's just about getting the right guy. So, David, appreciate the call, man. Yeah. Yep, thank you. Yo, guys, have a good one. Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned the John Shire thing, and I've gotten a lot of pushback with my – overall argument about John Shire and the job that he did this year. I'm not saying he was the coach of the year because we understand what the ACC where any coach of the year really is about. We th- It's an apology. We thought you'd suck, but you didn't suck. So here's an award. Hey, hey, Pitt, we thought you'd finish 14th this year, man. Good job, Jeff Capel. But the fact that Tony Bennett still gets coach of the year votes when the expectation is that Tony Bennett, Virginia teams are supposed to be at the top of the league – 
he's still getting coach of the year votes because people go, well, look at his squad. I mean, he's doing it with Kihei Clark. Well, that's his problem. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com. That's his problem. My, my guy was slightly outclassed he in was. the championship game. He was. He? So don't, don't fault <laughs> recruiting as part of coaching, okay? It's odd. It's, I mean, you, it's not. That was his decision. <laughs> so, yeah, stop with this idea. We'll look at Virginia's squad. Right, the one that the coach put together. So that, is he, is he doing it because he's bored and he's trying to find new ways to win? No, he wants to win. He just thinks he can do it with these guys. And, yeah, you mentioned the injuries. You have the injuries on top of guys that get recruited and there's an expectation that they're five stars. But how many times have we talked about that not all five-star classes are created equally? And it's really easy for somebody like Derek Lively to get lost. Real easy, man. And instead, coaching happened. And he understood he could affect the game without having to score. And we saw that in the championship game. Everything about Duke this year was about coaching. And if you watch Duke play... And I'll get it. I'm a little biased because of all the teams, I've probably seen Duke play in person the most this season, followed by NC State. When they were making mistakes in the championship game, they weren't down on themselves. They talked it out. They talked it out. And it was a collaborative effort. That's coaching. So it's really strange to me that people are dismissive of the idea that John Shire, oh, and by the way, did this while following up Mike Krzyzewski, which is how many times have we seen guys follow the guy and fail doesn't doesn't go well. So I th- I mean look I think the, I think the, I think he did a fantastic job this year. I don't know what the future holds, but this year, yeah, it's ridiculous that people don't think he might have been a coach of the year candidate. Will in Chapel Hill eight six zero five fan. Oh, Will hung up. He must have hated my John Shire take. All right, let's go to Paul in Chapel Hill, who may or may not be a UNC fan. But anyway, Paul, what's going on, man? No, I'm a Virginia fan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, Xavier won the uh, NIT last year. Nice. And I uh, believe they're in the tournament this year, much improved season, just like Virginia. So my argument for the NIT is we were basically in the opposite situation last year, mm-hmm. right? We made the NIT last year. We are in the NCAA this year, you know, after, you know, trying to rebuild the squad after the title team in 2019. So Who was Xavier's coach Virginia last year? Fan, Who was Xavier's coach uh, last year? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It, well, it wasn't Sean Miller. <laughs> it wasn't Sean Miller. I mean, it's a nice try, man. Anyway, I love you. I mean players, it. But come on, man. Are players that are on that team that are on the Not the best player. Now? Not the best player okay. on the team. So, hold no, on. Are, so, okay. so, hold on a second, Paul. You're telling me that Sean Miller, who did not coach last year's team in an NIT, benefited but from that this? Was just an, that was just an example of yeah, but, to say that, you know, uh, playing in NIT. Let me let me get back to Virginia. Okay. And so, uh, 
First, as a fan, I appreciated that I got to watch more basketball, and I think there's too many UNC fans that don't really necessarily watch basketball. They're following the tweets and the ESPN headlines. Yeah, you can say Um, that about a lot of fans, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, But I appreciated, you know, getting to see my guys play more games. Uh, We didn't make it to Madison Square Garden, but it was nice. Um, And I think you kind of owe that to your fans. And then the other thing is uh, that work that the guys got last year, you know, helped us step up this year and, you know, become a tournament team. So uh, it's just, to me, what it, what it reeks of is just UNC is, is saying we're UNC and we don't have to do things that other but, schools. But hold on a second, do. Paul. Paul, it, this is, UNC's gone to the NIT before. Right, but they went in twenty. No, but if you're now. saying if you're saying that, oh well, we're we're UNC, we don't do this. Well, no, they do. They went in 2010. They went in 2003. So yeah, but they're not now. But that's you're making it a blanket UNC thing. So that's not what this is about. You just did you not just uh, say, oh, we're UNC, we're above this? That's a blanket UNC statement. I mean, I think that's that's what it is. It's uh, so there's a guy uh, on Twitter, NIT. Rob or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, look him up. He had the perfect response to it, you know. Okay. I would say UNC is kind of like, you know, they need to have a little bit more integrity. In Integrity? And I know you don't like Tony Bennett, but, you know, that's a guy you might want to take some uh, – take an example of what – I don't got any, I don't got any beef with Tony program. Bennett. I mean, Tony Bennett's Herb Sendek with a title, so I appreciate him <laughs> in that regard. But you know, yeah, yeah. My, my 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 issues with Tony Bennett mainly are the fact that he doesn't want to like stick stick up for the league. But that's another issue all altogether. All right, Paul, take it easy, man. Um, this idea that look, I get that playing. It's not a question of integrity. It's not a question of integrity. I'm happy that Virginia played in the NIT last year and that they lost to St. Bonaventure. I'm sure. Yes, the reason that they shared the mm-hmm. ACC title in the regular season this year. Is because they lost to St. Bonaventure, checks notes by a point, yeah, and played three NIT games that were decided by a total of six points. Because mm-hmm. you know Virginia basketball never would have learned how to play in close games, no, because they never play in close games. No, not not at all. Okay, it's not. I got it at all. And look, the people on, people will point out, hey, well, you know, Michigan's in the NIT. Cool. Okay, great. And awesome. again, I get back to the statement: North Carolina's played in the NIT before. Roy Williams has played in the NIT. Okay, but that was then. Things are different now. Just because he did it once, and you talk about integrity, I appreciate the fact that Carolina said straight up, yeah. that's not what this year was supposed to be about, so we're shutting this thing down. That's integrity to me. Now, I would say this, and I do think this is a fair criticism of Hubert Davis, and I know Greg Barnes at Inside Carolina wrote about this, and I know he had done a podcast uh, with Sherelle McMillan, uh, on Inside Carolina as well, and I, I I went and watched the the clip just to make sure just to make sure I knew where they were coming from, and I do agree with with Greg Barnes's overall point in Inside Carolina that Hubert Davis has a messaging problem. In fact, I could make the argument that the two revenue sports at UNC are being held by guys who have had some messaging problems. Okay, in the case of Hubert Davis, yeah, people want to point out that. Opening press conference. Man, people say all sorts of wild stuff during an opening press conference. Okay? Kevin Keats said something during his opening press conference that has haunted him since. I'm a winner. And people will throw that back in his face as he was not winning and not making the NCAA tournament. 
But Hubert Davis, we're going to show up. We're going to do this. We're gonna... Of course you're going to say that. I'm not going to get wrapped up in what he said in the post. In the Roy Williams also th- basically thought in his exiting inter- post, uh, his exiting press conference that he was a terrible coach. I mean, we're going to take these guys at what it's worth? It's just, fa- just take it at face value, guys. But here's where the messaging problem is. Down the stretch, when Hubert Davis was asked point blank about the end of the season, and is he worried? Are you, you know, what's your concern level and all these other things? It really was a detached from reality type situation. And it wouldn't have dawned on me unless I went to some of those post game press conferences down the stretch, like the post game against Miami or the post game against North Carolina, where the players straight up said, We're worried about making the NCAA tournament. And his attitude generally was, Well, why should they be? I'm confident that these things are going to turn around. Um, the awkward silences of not basically really thinking about how he wanted to answer the question. And this is not me saying you got to be likable because, Joe, how many coaches have we seen in ACC history where they don't exactly have yeah. the finesse, this, but there's a better messaging around it, and the, the messaging is, Uber, a is his background. Yes. He worked at ESPN. Yes. He was really good on TV, too. Yes. So that's the surprise there. But I listen, this was a difficult year for North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I will give Hubert Davis credit from saying from the jump. It was the Gardner-Webb game where they had struggled, and they did not look good. And he said it from the jump. We got flags. I don't care what color they were. He knew it. He said it. He knew it. And he tried his best in the last month, I would say, where his attitude was indifference. I think he was just trying not to rip his team. Mm-hmm. Because remember last year when they lost to Wake Forest, and he did rip his team. He straight up said, "Yeah, everyone got mad at him for ripping his team." Mm-hmm. So uh, look, I think he ch- he's trying, and that's where you get back to the UNC fan who said he still needs more reps. Well, those reps are are in ha- how he handles the messaging yeah. with the program, how he handles the media, how he and how he portrays the program. The media doesn't matter, but the message does. If that makes sense. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. 